To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Craig Gabriel, the voice of tennis here on Newstalk ZB, joins us from England as we move on in through Wimbledon. A strange old tournament, no rankings rankings points, and I said rankings points because I'm thinking of Nick Kyrgios, but it still involves the best tennis players in the world by a couple of Belarusians and Russians as well. Craig, welcome to the program. Talking about ranting, I suppose the story, well, there's two of them uh, over last night. One of them was, sadly, Serena Williams couldn't get it done at the ripe young age of 40, and Nick Kyrgios being Nick Kyrgios. Where do we start? Let's start with Nick, eh, and what he did, eating his pasta, having a crack. Do you think what he said was warranted and his behaviour was warranted on the night? Part of it, yes, absolutely. I know Nick incredibly well. I like him. We get on very well. Um, In fact, it wasn't that long ago that I sat down with him and did a 15-minute feature on him talking about the mental stresses and, and issues that he's been, go- he's, he's been through and, and how he's get, trying to get around it. Um, he's trying on court, but Nick is never going to be an angel, not even hope in hell. Um, but yesterday, he, yet again, he was being heckled or, or abused by, by some people in the crowd. And, and that gets on his goat. And, and I think it would get on anybody's goat. But it's how he reacts to that um, is the big issue. And, and you know, it started off with him muttering about the court surface being too slow. Um, and a few players have said that the grass doesn't play like grass anymore. Uh, Jordan Thompson said to me yesterday, he said, the French open clay courts are faster than the courts here at Wimbledon on the grass. Um, so he, he's got a point on that, but, as I said, it's how he reacts to it all. And uh, one of the points he made in his post-match media conference is, why does anybody who's watching a sporting event, not just tennis, but a sporting event, feels they have the right to abuse athletes? He said, we're out there trying to entertain and doing the best job that we can, and then we get abused. He said, on this occasion, there wasn't any racial abuse, but the person was saying that, the way you know he, he's he's no better than um sh1t um yeah. you know and and he's put, trying to put up with that and play a match so that's part of the background on the whole thing i think most people will just see nick ranting and raving and and blowing off steam and and getting angry and think oh he's at it again but not knowing understanding or looking behind to what the potential reasons are for it Wider picture on a sporting context and a sporting front, it's probably quite important that a guy like Kyrgios actually has enough chutzpah to stand up and say something. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, um, a few, a couple of players were asked about it afterwards. Um, Coco Goff, who is a very sensible young lady, she's only 18 years old and she's got an incredibly mature head on her shoulders uh, was asked about it, and uh, one of the points she made, she said, as well, she said, she's never been abused on court, but she has definitely been abused online. And I know a lot of players, so many of them, have been abused online. That sort of stuff does carry over. You know, mud does tend to stick, and you start to question things, and you, the mental side of it becomes 
very, very difficult and the emotions that go with it. And what she was also saying is you may expect it in a, in a basketball match or ice hockey or football or something like that, but tennis is a more genteel sport. So the, the, the line that's crossed is very different to if it's crossed in a basketball match, as an example. And she said it's, it's amplified, it's highlighted even more when you hear it happening in tennis. Good for the game in a sense that he speaks his mind and he brings attention via yeah. media to the game. So when he does make a comment, people listen. They might be upset by it, but he does make a point and that point reverberates globally, doesn't it? Yeah, he, he definitely attracts attention. I mean, one way or another. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it does bring attention to the situation and uh, it depends on how Nick goes about you know, expressing himself on on a lot of these issues, but uh, certainly it does highlight things. I mean, he said, as as I indicated just now, that there wasn't racial aspects, but he just recently went through racial abuse uh, during in the middle of a match in in Stuttgart. Um, and and what he also said, he says, look, I grew up in Australia. You know, it's full of racism over there, and in, in in that place, I think is the way he put it. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot that he, he raises and, and, and talks about. And, and one of the other points he made was that, you know, he protests a call and people will get on his case. And he says, enough of these older people on lines, uh, and he much prefer the electronic lines anyway, um, for the fewer mistakes that errors that are made. He says, but a 60-year-old is not going to have as precise vision as a 30-year-old on uh, calling lines when the ball is moving at the pace that it moves in the middle of a match. What about the spitting aimed toward a fan, which he admitted to yeah. doing? And also, uh, we, we know what we're talking about, the lines people. There's also a, a young lines woman he had a crack at as well, and, and those kind of outbursts. How are they taking? I'm interested in the spitting one, especially, I suppose, when you consider the yeah. effect that COVID's had globally. Well, I mean, uh, it was in the direction of the, the fellow that uh, was, was uh, heckling and abusing him. Um, and he, he said, you know, he wanted to make a point. Um, and it was, I think it was at the end, of, towards the end of the match, if not at the very end of the match. Um, so that was the point he made. And, and I don't know if the COVID aspect would really come into that one. I'm not really sure about that because it was outdoors and it wasn't as if he was, uh, um, you know, half a meter away from the guy or something like that. No, and no more Craig, the fact that people finding person, that people finding spitting even more gross than it had previously after that sweat donation yeah, more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not just disagreeing with you or disputing that, but uh, as I said before, it's how Nick reacts to some of these things and some of the behavior on those reactions. Um, and that's what doesn't go down well. And, and no, it was not a good thing on what, what he did. Absolutely not. Um, as far as the lines person was concerned, um, she went and reported what he said, and he said, I never even used that word uh, in, in that situation, at that, that moment. So... Um, it's one person's word against the other. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult situation. It really is. Other story overnight was um, Serena Williams, one of the greatest tennis players of all time, a year out of Grand Slam tennis. Tennis couldn't quite 
get the job done? What's your reaction and thoughts around that? Well, that, you know, as soon as it happened, everybody was starting to say, is this the last time we're going to see Serena Williams at, uh, at Wimbledon? And she's, uh, she, what she said was, I don't know. I have not got any idea. I'm not making any decisions. And she said that even before the tournament started, um, that uh, she's just taking things as they come and she's not rushing into any decisions. But my feeling, my gut feeling is that she'll play out the U.S. Open and and i think maybe call it quits after that um she you know it's pretty much where things started for her and uh i think that's that could be the situation so we we again we wait and see what she decides but um you know she presented herself very well after that match yesterday because it was a very tough match um you know and i don't think anybody who could would really have figured that without playing tennis for 12 months the last time she played a singles match was in the first round of Wimbledon last year which she uh, when she lost um that you're going to expect even somebody as great as Serena Williams is going to come out and win the tournament as far as to harmony tennis you know I want to just say Serena once said to me that anybody who plays her just is play is a different person to what they normally would be on how they play. Um, they lift, and because it's Serena Williams on the other side of the court, and that's what we saw with Harmony Tan here last night in London. Um, I mean, I barely watched Harmony Tan. She's barely been inside the top 100. She's about 115 at the moment, and she played like she was top 25 or top 30. Um, and and I've. I'll predict now that Harmony Tan will lose in the next round. It's like when teams play the All Blacks, Craig Gabriel. And before we let you go, uh, what do we look for? What do, what do we look you had for? to bring that one in, well, didn't you? it's true, though. They'll grow an extra leg. You know it's the truth. So um, up today, what are we looking at? A couple of key fixtures for us uh, in both sides of the draw? Yeah, I mean, scheduling committee is certainly not spreading the love as far as the uh, order of play is concerned because we're day three today and the order of play on centre court is exactly the same um, as it was on, uh, well, essentially exactly the same as it was on day one. So even in the order, uh, Novak Djokovic first up against the Nasi Kokonakis. So I hope my boy Thanos can do big damage there. Uh, you've got Emma Raducanu playing Caroline Garcia and then Andy Murray playing John Isner. I mean, Isner and Murray haven't faced one another. I think it's since 2016, although Andy's got an 8-0 record on the American. Now, the Brit, I say the Brit, Cam Norrie, or is he a Kiwi? <laughs> well, I suppose I started it, didn't I? Yes, the Brit Cam Norrie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, Cam Norrie's second on court one against Jaume Munar, a match that Norrie should win. Now, I just want to say something about Cam Norrie. Um, there was a lot of negative uh, social media posts when the day, first day's play, order of play came out and that he was not put on one of the two main show courts. Um, Andy Murray has been now twice. Um, Nari is the number one Brit, not the number one Kiwi, but the number one Brit. Um, and people figured, felt that as the number one Brit, he should have been playing at least on court one in that first round. But anyway, he got through it and he's on court one today. And with that, we let you go, Mr. Gabriel. Always a pleasure. Looking forward to catching up uh, semi-regularly right the way through the rest of this tournament. Thanks for yours.
No probs. Thanks.